yo, welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Spot Podcast with me, your host, Brown96. And yo, in this podcast, I interview inspiring entrepreneurs within the entertainment field. And yo, with this episode, there ain't no different. I'll still be bringing that dopeness. You know what I mean? You're into a treat with the homie that I have on the episode today, the guest, Cuete Yesca. The homie is a rapper, an actor, he's a dope ass motherfucking creative person. Yo, you're gonna love what he has to say. I really enjoyed this conversation. He brought up a lot of uh, good points. Uh, we talked about a lot of good topics. And uh, yo, hope you learned a thing or two about this conversation that we had. And you incorporate that into your own crafts and, you know, gain some knowledge from that. But um, with no further ado, we go into the interview with Cuete Yesca. Yeah. What's up, my gente? We're back to another episode of the Hip Hop Spot Podcast with me, the host, Brown96. Today, we got a really special guest, man. He is a rapper, actor, producer, and writer uh, of films. He goes by Cuete Yesca. Yo, what's going down, homie? Man, that's crazy. I never heard I never heard it like that, man. I didn't realize I did all that stuff. <laughs> man of many hats, you. man. Man of many hats. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I'm trying, homie. I'm trying. That's what's up, man. Now, with everyone that I have on the on the on the podcast, I always ask to uh, bring us back to your younger self, to the you know, the one, the person that you know was unaware of of basically. If you would have asked yourself, you know, if someone would have asked you as a young one, you would be doing these things now. What would you have said, and and how would you have, you know, what I mean, you know, thought about these things as a young one? You know what, homie? Like as a young one, I. Uh, in the most modest and humble way, I do believe that when I was young, I was believing that I was going to be in the situation I am because I was, I was always a dreamer. Okay. I've always been a dreamer, and um, I didn't know how I was going to make these dreams come true. I just knew that it was going to be, and I, I always believed in myself, and I, I felt like, you know, one day um, it's going to happen. You know, there's still sometimes I'm dreaming about stuff that hasn't happened yet, and I'm like, no, no, don't worry, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, you know, and then I, I still I still have dreams that I haven't fulfilled that are still coming true. So when I was younger, um, you know what, when I was little, here's a crazy story, when I was little, I was probably like about 12, and I got headbutted above my eye, and this dude busted my eye open a little bit from a headbutt, and the lady came in from school, school nurse, she was like, do you want to butterfly stitch it, or do you want to just, you know, just put a band-aid on that, I said, what's the difference, she said, well, if you're going to be famous, we should butterfly stitch it, so don't leave a scar, and I told her, well, I guess you better butterfly that shit, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, I was like 12 years old, but I remember telling her that, and it was, it's, that's just me, bro, that's just me, um, that's dope. That's dope, man. So now, talk to us about about like the coming up. You know, as a young one, where you grew up, um, life in the household. How was everything? You know what I mean? Like, tell us. I know everyone has a an origin. You know what I mean? And and that depends on 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 the future for that particular person. How was it for you, man? 
You know, for me, uh, I'm from Redondo, California, and a lot of people think, oh, he's from Redondo. You know, it's like, you know, surfboards and skateboards. But, you know, for me, it, it wasn't like that, homie. It was, you know, every every neighborhood has their, their own little fucked up spots. Mm. And, you know, growing up, my uncles, all three of them, you know, rest in peace to all of them. They've all passed away, and they're all, they all would have been under 60 at this point, but they all passed on me. And I grew up watching them sell drugs, um, having seizures. Um, they would raid our pad. You know, they would drop pills because they sold them. And, and I remember my brother and myself would pick them up. We would stash them. And people who would come by the shit, we would say, hey, come here, come here, look, look, look what we got, look what we got. <laughs> and we would sell them to people. You know, we didn't know what it was, but uh, we knew that they wanted them. So we would sell the pill for like $5. We were probably getting ripped off, but we didn't care. You know, we were making five bucks. And I grew up rough, dog. Like, I never knew what was going to happen next. It was a it was a really fucked up feeling. So even now, I mean, like it, it kind of like made me to where I was a little leery about other things in life. Like, let's say I want to go somewhere and I want to go out and have a good time. I'm always thinking something bad's gonna happen because when I grew up, something bad always happened. So it's like I can never really fully enjoy myself. I don't know if anyone could understand the concept of that, but I'm always thinking something bad's gonna happen. The most, the best part about me going out is the ride home. Because mm -hmm. I want to make sure I'm safe. It's it's so I don't know if you ever heard an answer like that, but that's how it was. It's how it was for me growing up. It was really fucked up, dog. And people are like, "Really, Redondo?" I'm like, "Yeah, really mm. fucked up." That's crazy. So now, how was high school for you, man? And uh, tell us some uh, some uh, coming of age stories uh, that you went through through that transition in your life. Man, coming of age stories, man. Oh man. There's a lot of stories there. You know what? I got kicked out of high school, actually, because mm. I got into a fight with this dude. Um, he tried to get crazy with me, and then we kind of got into it. Um, we got into it really bad, actually, and then I ended up getting kicked out of school when I was, like, 15. Um, and when I did, I never went back to school. So I actually dropped out when I was, like... I think it was like 16 when I dropped out. I was 16 and I went back to school. Um, my dad didn't know that I got suspended or expelled. So he thought I was going to school every day for like two years. I was just mm. going across the street <laughs> to the park, chilling and doing whatever. And then um, I remember I used to think to myself, like one day my dad's going to find dad's going to kick your ass. Um, and then before that happened, I got kicked out of my dad's house. Uh, he kicked me out for some shit. And we ended up moving out. And I never had to tell him that I wasn't in school. Huh. I was kicked out of school for a long time. Uh, coming of age stories, shit, I lost my virginity at school, dog. It's crazy, this girl. <laughs> we were, like, at school and, and you know, behind the, the the boys' gym in my older brother's car. You know, here's a crazy story. We are in my older brother's car in his Volkswagen. I remember it was, I was, like, a freshman or something. We are in the back. We are in the Volkswagen, you know, banging it out, whatever. And I remember I looked up, someone was trying to open the door, and it was my brother, him and his friend were trying to, they were going to go ditch and go get some lunch <laughs> or something. And my brother's friend looked in, and he saw me in there, but the girl didn't notice, and he, he ran off, and they seemed to know I looked up, and I saw my brother and, like, three of his friends hiding behind the trash cans watching, and I was like, man, I lost my virginity in front of my brother and his friends. I'm <laughs> like, damn, I'll never forget that shit. It's not really the righteous way, but fuck, it's a story, you know what I mean, homie? Yeah. For some reason, it, it reminded me of Crucito in Blood and Blood Out when he's trying to get it up in the hill, and then the dude's coming, coming cock-block and shit. Exactly. I was like, man, get by, get by, get by. Get by. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There That's we right, go. Huh? Yeah, man. Hey, man, see, yeah, like, yeah. like myself, man, Um, I don't know if you um encounter certain situations like, like my... um. Coming of age stories with um in high school and stuff like, 
out here we have that red and blue type, you know, gang shit out here. Or at least we had, you know what I mean? Because nowadays there's that, that gang truth and shit. The gang truths that came from the Pinta that kind of right. calm everything down and stuff. But uh, we back in the day in high school, we, we had that problem. So what made me kind of feel proud about about my, my, my coming of age, you know, struggles was that instead of going against my own people in high school, I was going against uh, skinheads. So, you know what I mean? Oh, I was, shit. Exactly, yeah. man. So now for that, like, did you ever encounter that type of... Uh, you know things going around in your in your in your town that you had to like combat because of you know because of race or whatnot. You know, uh, during the times that I was kicked out, um, I was always kicked out though. But there was one time I got kicked out. I lived in Hawthorne, and I lived right across the street from Losinger. Now I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with this area or not, but Losinger is like a pretty crazy school out here. Mm. Um, so they would have race wars every year. It was like fucking tradition, homie. The blacks against the browns. It was fucking nuts, dog. So mm. I was living right there, and I would just see it like outside my window. They would having riots out there. It was fucking crazy, dog. I would always wow. just. But I was saying, dude, she ran out there and get involved. And I was like, nah, duh, it's not your shit. You know what I mean? Huh. It's just, it wasn't my area. And it was like, fuck, it wasn't really my fight. You know what I mean? Mm. But they were, they, and they were, uh, I was a little bit older, but it was just crazy, dog. So I would see that all the time. Um, one time I was at the Staples Center. And I was coming out of there and this little, this little paisa fucking bumped into this, this build, this, uh, his truck. <laughs> and he tried to like back out and take off. He had his like wife with him, his little kids with him. And, um, this big ass black dude jumped out and fucking tried to stop him and grabbed him and she pulled him out of the car. And next oh, thing you know, I just seen like fucking 10, 12, 13 Mexican fools, just gangster ass dudes running up, having his back. And I remember I was like, what the fuck? And I seen a bunch of black dudes running up and I was like, oh shit, it's on. So it's hmm. like, I ran over there and now you it's like me and a bunch of people. And it's like, they ended up backing down. And I was thinking, fuck, oh, that shit was about to go the fuck down. Hmm. Like, it's weird how they come together like that immediately i mean yeah yeah that was some serious shit i remember my homeboy i was with he was like there was this guy i worked with he's this big ass white dude who just took me to a like some kind of ufc fight over there and he was on the side thinking what the fuck are you doing i was like shit they're mexican dog what the fuck i'm supposed yeah. to do that <laughs> that's what we're supposed to do you know what i mean but yeah it's crazy Damn. it's crazy so it was more black took against browns yeah. at that point that's yeah. a trip i mean <laughs> think about it that way that's a trip though like Cause usually, like it's like it's like whites against all of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's like our well, own people against the other, uh, you know, people that are getting like you know kind of like put down and stuff on the you know usually by you know by yeah. um, the media and stuff. Cause when I was younger and they would have those race wars near Hawthorne over there, I was like, man, fuck you guys are my enemies anyways. Fuck you. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really care. That's a trip. That's a trip, man. So now you, yeah. so you, so you were um, basically, you got kicked out of high school. So, so you didn't continue any, any type of schooling after that. I didn't. I didn't after high school. Um, I, even before high school, I was already a professional musician. I was already doing music, so mm-hmm. um, I just I just dove into that. I remember I thought to myself, I had my first kid, my first uh, baby angel, and um, 
I remember me and the mom, I was thinking to myself, I should just join the army and take off and, you know, try to build a life like that. And I remember I said to myself, you know what, that's not what you really want to do. You know, I, I talked to a recruiter, like everything. I was going to take the test and go. But I thought, that's not what you really want. Like, you don't really want that. Like, you really, you want to make music. That was where my heart was. Yeah. And I said, you know, one year, one year, I'm going to give myself one year. If I don't do nothing in one year, then fuck it, I'll go. And I just started doing music. And I was, it just started getting better and better. I started making, you know, little cassette tapes. Mm. Um, I would get, I would, it was so long ago, dog. I would have a radio. I'd play it. And I'd have another radio right next to it. And I'd hit play record. And I would lay on the floor and rap these whole songs from beginning to end. Like, wow. there was no punches. There's no fucking up you can't fuck up beginning to end you gotta knock it out yeah. we're talking three verses the hooks you gotta have breath like fuck dog i did i did albums like that i did like two albums like that with like 13 songs on each cassette tape you know i, I would record them i would make a weird ass fucking uh cover for it i'd print them out fucking make hundreds of copies pass them out to my hood and pass them out everywhere like fuck man that's all i gave a fuck about you know what i mean yeah, that was it yeah, that's all i cared about I want to go into your music, but first off, like I want to gradually build up of how you got even interested in that. Um, so now you were um, basically out of school. You weren't really interested in that. So what got you into, um, what were you looking forward to at that moment that you, even before you started doing music, what were you, what would interest you like on the daily? Because we have, I mean, we as humans have to look forward to something. If not, then, you know what I mean? It's just, we're just a depressed form of a being you know what i mean you gotta look oh yeah, look look yeah. out for something like what was your passion back then you know i had this cousin uh older cousin who danced on soul train uh back in the day so every saturday i would see him on soul train he was very popular on that show um he was like six five he was always you know getting to shine on and i remember i thought fuck man he's famous that's what i want that's what i want you know, he would come to our, our our sixth grade graduations. He came to my older brother's graduation, basketball games, and people would recognize him from that show. It was a popular show, so people would want to take pictures with them. And I remember thinking, "Fuck, this is my cousin. That's my cousin." And I was all like proud, like, "Wow, this is my cousin." You know, I was all proud to be connected to him, and it made me feel good, like, "Oh, we have the same blood," type of shit. Mm. And, you know, he was friends with, like, New Edition, uh, Magic Johnson, LL Cool J. Um, he was in that video, Bust the Move. Mm. He was in Ice-T's uh, Hustlers. Like, he was just, uh, he was everywhere on these MTV videos, man. He was famous for nothing, like, infamous. But it was something that I knew that I wanted. I was like, man, I want, it. I want that. I want that, too. I want that, too. And I was probably, like, 11, 12, 13, 14. And he started rapping. He did this, uh, this was when BB. Bumba DeVoe came out with mm. Poison. Poison. Um, <laughs> Do Me Baby. Their next album, he was on it and he got a gold album with them. Oh, and I shit. thought to myself, fuck, dog, I want to do that too. So I remember I started rapping. I didn't even know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. I was still so little. But I was like, I remember I was 13. Um, and I said, I'm going to be a rapper. I'm going to be a rapper. That's what I'm going to do. I wanted to be just like this motherfucker, homie. He was just fucking the shit. Um, so I started rapping and my rhymes, I remember my first rhymes, I think I said something like, I remember it was crazy. I was like, you're as big as a tree. Uh, no, I'm as big as a tree. You're as small as a flea. You can't fuck with me. You're just a sucker MC. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'll never forget it. Though. I was like, fuck. And I thought I was the baddest little fucker out there. And now looking back, I was like, boy, you suck. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, that shit is whack, but. I stuck it out, man, and I, I kept fighting through it, and I got better and better, and I honestly stuck it out. I just got better and better and better, and before one day, you know, before you knew it, um, I had arrived. 
That's I had a ride. It took a long time, though, years on top of years. That's cool, man. No, that's cool, man. So, so he got you uh, to be, you know, kind of like to idolize that that um, sense of music, right, and to become a musician. So, when once you wanted to be a musician, you wanted to rap and stuff, you were already doing little little raps in here, uh, here and there with your with your homies. What was the next step? What did you uh, get a hold of? Did you were you were you going to like uh, electronic stores and just like, hey man, you sell this, you sell that, or what were you doing to try to get that uh, that sound into tape or into you know audio? You know, it's crazy. Is my mom of all people? My mom, she 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 used to read like the Easy Reader. Like, you know, they sold stuff in the paper back in the day. So she had handed me this. She was here. Look what I found me home. She handed it to me, and it was like this little thing. And she circled it and said. Um, looking for rapper with skills, local oh, LA area, and I was like, okay. So I called them, and um, they were having, yeah, yeah, come down and audition, come down and audition for it. I was like, all right, cool. And they were in San Pedro. I was in Redondo, so that's like 10, 15 minutes away. It was no big deal. It was perfect. So I'm, you know, we're both from the Harbor area, so I was like, I see my dog. So I went over there. Um, they gave me a beat. It's okay. Here's the beat. Come back like in two days, and you know, let's see what you got. Then I came back with, they said, I think they said, just rap a verse. I came back, I had that whole song written, I did the whole fucking hook. We knocked it out the next day I came back, and man, they were like, you're it, bro, it's it, you're it. And that was a group called the Hit Squad. Mm. Um, that was the first album I've ever did, it was called Hit Squad. Um, and then they, they 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 knew how to record shit. They, we took us to the studio, we were recording on that back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And when you did the mixes back then... Man, he had to know where everything was, mm. you know, make sure, you know, that turns up and, and watching him do the mix is great. Now you have computers, it's, it's, it's a whole different world, it makes life so much easier. But then he had to turn and twist knobs as as the part came up and <laughs> man, we did it nuts, dog. That was crazy. Then after that, I did that for like maybe a little while. And then one day my brother... He was like, he knew I was thrilled with that shit. He came home with the Wicked Mind CD. Oh. I said, hey, check out this. The CD's dope. And I was like, damn, that shit is hard. That was the Misunderstood album. That mm. was the baddest fucking record I'd ever fucking heard in my life. And on the back, Rec, you know, rest in peace to Rec. Mm -hmm. He was so fucking crazy. He had his phone number on the bottom of his album. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, it just said call, you know, for any info on anything. And I called him. I said, hey, homie, I'm a rapper. I rap. I want to get down with you guys. He was like, oh yeah, you rap? And I was like, yeah. He was like, let me hear you rap. I was like, <laughs> and I just started going off on the spot. He was like, damn, homie, you're fucking dope. He's like, you know what? I'm going to save your number, dog. I'm going to save your number. All right? I promise me. I promise you I'm going to hit you up. So, all right, cool. About three months later, he called me, dog. And he was like, hey, we're doing a new record. You want to get on on one? I was supposed to do one song. One oh. song led to five songs. I got on like five songs on that album. Um, and then him and I just became a group. Uh, he had he had he was re recreating his group, and then it was him and I. And then we just started forwarding forward with just you know we just started Wicked Minds now. Mm. So I was like doing Hit Squad, Wicked Minds. But my mom gave me the paper. I joined Hit Squad, and then my brother came home with that CD, and that started the Wicked Minds. That's dope, man. So yeah, once you started doing that, um, how long did it take you for you to to realize, you know what, I can make my own album? Oh man, you know what? When I met when I met Rex, things started happening a lot faster mm -hmm. because he had already had an album out, two albums out, um, and he was already on his third one, which was his solo one, the one that I got on. And here he was doing shows, you know, he knew everyone. You know, when I when I took off with Rex, um, I hadn't done no concerts and no no shows yet. So 
the first concert I did, it, ah, man, it was in Yuma, Arizona, and it was a royalty low profile concert. You mm. know, at that point, they were the hottest shit around. Oh, they yeah. had Frank V, Proper Los. That's a badass motherfucker right there, by the way. Frank V's the man. Um, yeah. They had uh, Little Rob. Fuck, dude, they were, man, they were killing shit. Um, so my first concert was with Little Rob. I was like over 20 years ago. And we just joined that tour. And when that happened, I was, it was crazy. People just took to me. They liked me. And they just, I was just blessed. I was mm. blessed. Yeah, Yeah, man. so Rick really opened the door for me. Really opened the door for me. Wow, that's, that's fucking yeah. hard, man. And, 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 there, and, and there was kind of something that people weren't ready for. I, like, I feel that all these artists were kind of uh, ahead of their time. That a lot of people kind of slept on. That you guys could have been bigger than what you guys were. You know what I mean? I I agree. I agree. You know, Rick used to talk about that all the time that, you know, and I saw it firsthand after he started telling me like Latinos, they don't support each other. It, they don't like um like the black, the black race, you know, they're always if something happens, they'll all promote it, they'll all mm. stick together, they'll come together. And that's why they all rise, you know. Yeah. But the Latinos, they don't man, like hey, if I was to say, Hey, can you make I have a movie coming out, can you post it? Yeah, 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 I'll post it for you. They don't post it. <laughs> you know, they just don't. I don't know what it is, but if if Latinos supported Latinos Man, we we would be big. We'd blow the shit up. There'd be no stopping us. But they don't. We had a song called Brown Pride back in the day, mm. and Little Rob was on it actually, yeah. and it was exactly about the exact same thing. Yeah. That was like fifteen plus years ago. It's it was it's fucked up like that, bro. That shit's you know, still the jam. I, I still bump that shit. That shit has a lot yeah. of truth to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We were honestly at the time. I thought we were the baddest fucking group out. I don't know who could fuck with us at that point. Yeah. We, were, we were killing shit. But that's when Chino came, you know, we found Chino, then we found Baby Wicked, and man, we just, oh, when it was yeah, us for, we were on fire. Yeah, man, that that was the times. I remember, you know what I mean, people used to always be mobbing with that music, but when but when you were like, okay, like me, I started off as a, as a, as a rapper too, like an MC, and uh, I would like, when I would be promoting for certain shows, that I would be opening up for this and that person, uh, the people that I'll be hitting up, they'll be like, oh, that's cool. I, oh, I know who they are. Okay, would you support it? Would you at least share what I'm trying to promote? Um, All right. You know what I mean? They kind of give you the runaround and it's like, well, why are you over here getting all pumped up when you don't even support it? So it's like they, they give you the runaround and not even support at the end. So it's like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either, dog. I, I just don't understand it. You know, like there's a lot of times in acting, you know, people will, I'll, I'll tell them, hey, you know, they're looking for actors right here. And I'm going to go to the audition too. And I'll tell somebody, hey, you know, you should go audition for it. Just go crash it. Crash <laughs> means, you know, just go show up uninvited yeah. and audition. And I try to help people out all the time. But, you know, there's room for all of us. There's room for all of us. There's always going to be another role, another part. You know, you shouldn't worry about trying to help people. I love helping people. Mm. You know, it's very rare. It's very rare um, that you can help somebody. And when you can, you just take that opportunity. This old lady one time came up to me when I was I was leaving the hospital one time. And she was an old black lady. And she was like, you know, I'm, I'm thirsty. You know, do you think you can get me a Coke? Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll get you a Coke. What do you that's it she was yeah and I remember I left to go get her coke and they didn't have none at the vending machine and I would have to go all the way across the street to go get one and I remember I got in my car and I left and that stuck with me for years to this day it was like 10 years ago. it stuck with me to this day like fuck man you chicken shit little bastard you could have just went across the street got that lady a coke maybe some chips and she would have been appreciative and, and mm. she asked you for help and you didn't do it like 
And that stuck with me so hard. It hurt my heart that I did that. Mm-hmm. So whenever I get a chance to help somebody, man, I help them to the fullest because I've had opportunities after that where I go out of my way and all. You know, people come up to me at Denny's, hey, I'm hungry. You know, can you get me a food? Yeah, of course. What do you want? Come in and order whatever you want. That's happened a lot at restaurants. You know, it might be a hustle. It might be a scam. But mm-hmm. if you tell me you're hungry, okay, I'll, and I have the money, I'll feed you. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. point is doing something good for someone is a great feeling. You know what I mean? It but is, people man. don't see it that way. They don't yeah. see it that way, dog. I think people are just skeptical because there's a lot of uh, malice in the world. So they feel that it might be a scam or whatnot. But, I mean, I mean, the idea of helping, you know, is, is the greatest thing. You know what I mean? I, like, I'll tell you something that um, in regards to helping, like, the whole reason why I even started a podcast was to help my younger self when I was struggling and someone that is in, in those shoes right now. Because um, it was a motherfucker to, like, get information to get things done. You know what I mean? And right. that, that was before right. internet, before the internet. And now with the internet, and people are still struggling, you know what I mean? Why not have a, a platform where is like, information to get started? You know what I mean? Things to in uh advice or whatnot just like for mental mental health and whatever you know what i mean because i was going through some mental issues myself you know what i mean man. and um so all that okay? stuff okay? it's all help man you know what i mean and when, when it comes okay. to that i do want to get into uh mental health uh as well because of your movie the turnaround has a lot to do with that um yeah and uh it, it's really interesting bro yeah. yeah are you good now are you good now Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, this po- podcast in general, like, this podcast has helped me to, um, you know, see different points of views, and I want to have that um, for other people to help out as well and share what helped me in the process of heal. You know, to to be healed, or you know, not completely be healed, but just be more in control of it, be more balanced. And um, this was two years ago when I was really fucking bad. I was watching the trailer the other day of uh, the turnaround. And I was like, it threw it threw me back when I was having those panic attacks and all this shit, man. It was fucking nuts. I felt like I was dying, bro. And it's just, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, bro. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. You know, I I got really bad panic attacks and anxiety attacks for a long time. You know what's crazy is I would have panic attacks when I was little. And I never knew what it was. I remember I tell my brother, I don't, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I can't breathe. He's like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just talk to me. And I didn't know what they were. I had no idea what it was. And then I got older and I started getting them like years later. And then I realized, fuck, when you were little, that's what those things were. Hmm. Like, but that's what those were. And I didn't, I didn't know. Um, and there, I had a bad, I had a serious fucked up patch of time where it was like eight months straight. Every day I was just getting a panic attack. Uh, you know, I'm a grown ass man. I mean, I would just be crying, yeah. scared, you know, telling, you know, when you get one, you know, how people say, oh, I thought I was going to die. It's an expression. But no, when you're having panic attacks, you think you're going to fucking die. Like, exactly. that ain't a joke. Like, you know, you really think you're going to fucking die. And imagine, no, I don't, you don't have to imagine because you know, like people who don't go through it, if you have a panic attack and you're scared and you think you're going to die, that's serious. That's a very serious mm-hmm. feeling. So you want to grab onto whoever's around and just give them your last rights. Exactly. I've done it so many times. Like, I just want you to know, I just want you to know that I love you. I want you to tell my kids I love them. I want you to tell, like, and they're like, what's wrong uh, with you? Well, why do you want to die, motherfucker? That's why I'm telling you this you're, shit. Take you're notes. throwing me back, man. You're giving me flashbacks of that shit. Yeah. Dude, I was crying, bro. I used to put my, I used to just put my hand on my head and start rubbing my head and I knew I would look up mm. and see my hand I was like oh fuck cause that was my trigger like I knew it was coming huh. and 
it was it was hard, man. And then I made this song um, called Footprints. I don't know if you ever heard it. It's called Footprints. But um, I was going through a bad homie like eight months, and then my dad just got on dialysis before he passed away. Um, my mom just had a stroke. I was going through a bad, and my 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 anxiety was at an all time fucking high. So I ended up making this song called Footprints. I remember when I went to record it, I told the homie, I was like, Hey, just record me. Don't 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 stop it don't trip out you know don't don't worry he was like what's wrong you you, you good you gonna cry or something i was like nah i'm just i'm good bro and i did when i started recording this song i just thought about everything i went through and i started crying it was fucked up i said okay here record boom and i recorded that whole song just crying and i was like fuck should i put this shit out People might think you're a little bitch, you know, they might not get it, dude. I said, you know, I want to help people. Like, yeah. I want to help people. So I put it out. I can't tell you how many hardcore gangster ass dudes, tattoos on their face, you know, even regular people, you know, but hit me up. Hey, I mean, that song really helped me. What'd you do to get help? And I tell them, I got a counselor. You got to calm down. I made so many friends through that, man. I tell them just, you know what? No bullshit. Just yesterday, um, I seen on my homie's uh, Instagram, some dude I never met. He didn't follow me. I didn't follow him. I seen his comment. He goes, man, that movie looks really good. It brings back bad memories. I used to be <laughs> like that too. And I have no one to talk to. So I reached out to him. I said, hey, homie, if you ever need someone to talk to, you can hit me up. Oh, and him great. and I were talking all day yesterday. We became friends. And it's like, I'm trying, I just want to help people, you know, that's especially when it comes to anxiety. That's a, that's a soft spot in my heart. Dog. I feel like, man, I feel like I'm Mr. Panic Attack. You know I mean? <laughs> man, you know what? There was like one time when I was in like in public, the fir- very first time that it hit me, bro. And and you don't and it's different with you because you at least um, had some sense when you were younger that you know I mean that you were experiencing. But like I experienced it already, like when I was an adult. That was the first time that it hit me. It was two years ago. I'm in my early thirties. I mean I'm thirty three. But uh, like that was when I was like you no, know I mean twenty nine, thirty around there. Um, yeah. And you know what I mean. I was like in public and that shit I felt like a fucking like like I was gonna like pass out like you know what I mean like my heart was beating nonstop you like fucking rapid as fuck and like I was thinking these fucking horrible thoughts man I think that's what it is like you start thinking something and then if you don't if you're not able to control it it snowballs it snowballs into something way worse way worse into that's it's impossible to control that shit I felt like I was having a a, a fucking um, heart attack or something and uh, yeah. I was just like, I went up to this lady, like, "Hey, lady, can you can you call the ambulance? Like, I think I'm about to die for real." And uh, you know what I mean? And that shit was horrible. After that, after that, like, I I, I I got home and then uh, like I, I I grabbed my kids tight. You know what I mean? I was like, "Fuck!" Like like for real. Like I thought I was gonna fucking die. And I started looking, I started like really researching what I can do to help myself. And in this process, yeah. it was it was like months and months went 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 by, still experiencing panic attacks, and I would immediately just shut down. I wouldn't want to talk to no one. I wouldn't want to associate with nothing. I I would ask a lot of days off of work. So that was financially, I was fucking up too because of this. So you know, it was all kinds of negative aspects because of this anxiety. You know. Yeah. Dog, dog, I feel you. I was scared to watch my kids because I knew like that's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You're gonna scare the shit out of them. You know what I mean? And they're not gonna know what's gonna happen. I would drive down the street too, and I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I would look for people on the side of the road driving next to me to try to like honk the horn at them to get them to pull over to to calm me down. And I was like, dude, you're fucking crazy. These fools aren't gonna fucking pull over for you. You're fucking acting crazy. They probably think you're a gangster on drugs. Like they're not gonna pull over. But then I thought, like, well, what if I pull over a police officer? I was like, dude, he's gonna fucking put me in. Hand 
handcuffs, and that's gonna make the situation mm. way fucking worse. Because now I'm trapped, and I'm yeah. like, oh man, I I just felt so alone so many times. And you know, if you have a panic attack around the wrong person, oh, yeah. that will really fuck you off. Though I had one yeah. around the homie one time. He's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You're fucking acting dumb. Nah. I'm like, oh dude, like that's not what I need right now, bro. Mm. You know, you just need someone to calm you down. You know, you're good. You're good. So now I know how to talk to myself and, and say, look, you've been through this too many times. Quite did I let this beat you this time. Mm. You're good. You could beat it. You could beat it. You know, it's weird. But even sometimes, like you said, if you let it get too far and it gets too big, it's gonna come for you. Yeah, it's gonna man. get you. You gotta try to calm it down really fast and and yeah. be in control. And in the beginning, I try to hide it from people. You know what I mean? There's there's homies that I wouldn't tell nothing about that until I finally until I finally had panic attacks around them. Then of course they knew. You know what I mean? But it was a like yeah. it was like I, I was trying to keep this this other life to the side. I was trying to act myself. But then keep this to the side and keep it behind my head. Like, I hope it doesn't happen here. Hope it doesn't happen here. You know what I mean? And um, right. that's just terrible. But like, like, let's talk about the solution of how you started being able to manage it more. Like the way that I started managing it was through watching um, videos like um, guided meditation type shit. Um, that helped uh, drinking teas and stuff like that. That helped a lot too. Talking about it. Um, uh, you know what fucked it up more? What kind of made me regress more was that certain people would say, "Nah, that's not real. That's not really happening to you, bro. It's all in your head. Like you just control that shit. You know what I mean? Just control it." And that shit fucked me up. Like I stopped talking to certain people because of that shit. Man, I'm like, that's motherfucker. As fuck. That's I was like, as fuck, right? I feel it. Like I feel like I'm fucking dying. How can you say that I'm not feeling that shit? You know what I mean? And, um, Man, that's the worst thing, though. I know exactly what you're talking about. And even doctors, bro. I went to the doctor, and this motherfucker laughed at me. I told him exactly what I was thinking, what I was feeling when I was getting panic attacks, and I felt all this shit. And he motherfucking laughed at me. I was like, you know what? Man, fuck you, man. Give me another doctor. Yeah. And, and you, it's fucked you, up. It's fucked up, dude. And it's just... um. The the world is not really prepared to help people with this condition. I think the people that have to help others with this condition is the ones that that are able to manage it and talk about it with other people that have this condition i think that those are the best qualified people to deal with them i agree i agree um i, I do and i think that if if people who have them like myself go out of their way and they're good to people and they try to calm other people down sometimes it just takes a near stranger yeah you know rather than somebody you know because a lot of times if you know if your your mom or your brother tell you you're gonna be fine just calm down it's okay you know you think that they're gonna tell you that because they have to they love you but if a stranger tells you you're like you for some weird weird way you believe it more yeah so whenever i see people with anxiety I always reach out to them and say, are you okay? You know, if you ever need someone to talk, I'll give them my phone number too. Like, you just reach out to me. I have made a lot of friends. People call me up at crazy hours. I don't feel good. <laughs> like, what do you feel? What do you feel? I'm okay, but you know you're not going to die, right? The number one thing for me is when I, I finally got a counselor and he told me, first of all, I just want you to know right now, you cannot die from this. You cannot die. I said, but I feel like I'm going to go, but you can't. It's impossible. You will not die. So put that in your head now. You won't die. Because that was the number one thing in my yeah. mind. I'm going to fucking die. So once he put it in my head, I wasn't going to die. And I was like, yeah, but I can't breathe. He was okay. Do this. Hold your breath. Don't breathe. Just, I want to see something. And I would hold my breath. And before I was going to pass out, I, I let my breath <laughs> out. He goes, why'd you do that? I said, I don't know. My body did it. He goes, exactly. 
your body isn't going to let you die. You're good. And he started, you know, doing these tactics on me and I gained confidence. And I could tell you almost immediately after I met him and uh, I went to him, they were gone. They they literally were gone. Um, You know, here and there, I, I won't feel good sometimes but for the most part he became my best friend only mm. like i was with that guy max i was with him for like three four years until he retired and when he left i was so bummed man i wanted to be friends with him after mm. but he became my best friend i would go there and talk to him about things and worrying about anxiety you know um just basic stuff you know my son you know my kids and, and oh i got into an argument um like for instance, for instance, this is a good example. Uh, I got into a fight with this dude playing basketball, and uh, we started talking about it one day. And I thought, oh, this dude was talking shit, so I fucked him up. I won. He was like, so wait, hold up, what happened? I said, yeah, this dude was talking shit. I called him out on it. He wouldn't shut up. He kept on and on. Got my face. So I fucked him up. He's like, okay, so who won that fight? I said, I did. Shit, he ended up fucked up. He was like, okay, so this dude was talking shit to you. And he made it to where you couldn't control yourself and you lost you lost your control and you hit him and you fucked him up. I go, yeah. He goes, who really won that fight? You or him? And I was like, I, I think me. Hmm. He was like, but he proved, he pointed it out that, you know, I really lost because he made me not control myself. I lost control. I let him take advantage of my mind and I, I did something that I probably ultimately didn't want to do. Hmm. He was just a smart dude, man. He opened my mind to so many things to make me a better man. Like, man, maybe fucking that dude up wasn't really the, the answer, you know? Mm. That's just what we're, we're trained to do as youngsters. I'll fuck yeah. this dude up. But really, that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. You know, that guy really beat me. He really beat me. And he opened my mind up to new ways to live as a man. And a lot of the stuff that's in my movie, um, the movie's based around my life. It's my life story. You know, chip on this. Yeah. I could have made a movie about anything, gangster shit, fucking bitches, whatever. I chose to make it about mental health and panic attacks. Like, that's what I chose because that's what I was feeling. It was what in my heart. And I wanted to help people. You know, a lot of people are like, damn, you look pretty vulnerable all the time. Like, you made this song crying. You know, you got a movie. I'm like, yeah, I might look vulnerable, dog, but I'm just being honest. And you can't, you know, you can't go wrong with being honest. Everyone and everyone is like, man, that movie looks dope. I want to see it. And more people are coming out of the woodwork like, man, I suffer from that, too. No one just wants to talk about it, though, because they feel like it makes them weak. Yeah, It makes them look weak. But it's actually, you know, now that I realize it, now that I talk more about it, it makes me feel more of a man to talk about it. Because it takes takes fucking guts, it takes balls to talk about that shit. It's easy to put it to the side. It's easy just to fucking put it under the rug. You know what I mean? But talking about it and coming up with a solution for it or talking about it so so maybe a solution can be, you know, maybe, you know, found within the conversation. Um, that's what it's about. Because if it's not talked about and it keeps on happening, who really benefits from that? No one. I know. I agree. You I know? agree. So I choose I choose to just talk about it. That's I choose dope, to talk man. about it and help people. Yeah. That's all I want to do. I feel like, you know, I got it for a reason. And I, I'm pretty well well known, so I have a voice to where people yeah. listen. And I, I should use it for good, you know? And you know what? Um, now that you touch on that subject, man, why do you think most famous, uh, you know, people in, in the industry, in Hollywood, don't talk about real shit? You hear people using their power for the most stupidest shit you can think of. You know what I mean? 
But yeah, for for topics I, I for topics of like this sort, for topics of like you know world event type things, no one speaks on this shit. We see it every day. We see you know homelessness every day. We see the the shameful stuff that the people within Hollywood do. Fucking you know yeah. like pedophiles, all that shit. That's not talked about. Why? From fear? I don't know. I mean, it could be anything. I mean, what do you think? I think people are just. I think people talk about what other people what they think other people want to hear you know even when i was little and i was first coming up 16 i would think people were talking about oh i'm fucking bitches i'm getting my dick sucked like i'm balling i got fucking a cadillac motherfucker you know damn well you're on a fucking cadillac (laughs) and you know damn well this all this shit isn't really happening and i used to think to myself okay it's entertainment i understand that but you're also lying you know, mm. rapping about what you really know. Um, even from day one, I always rapped about stuff that is, let me pull on your heartstrings, stuff that was close to my, close to home style stuff to where everyone always really liked my music. Like, hey, your music's dope, homie, because mm. I can relate to a lot of it. Well, you can relate to it because you're going through it. Mm. I, I rap about, oh, I just missed the bus. I'm going to be late <laughs> for work. I'm going to get fired. Holy shit. You know, like real stuff that you want to hear. You know, not like, you know, there's a time and a place for other stuff. And I have made that music because I know you kind of have to mix it in but my heart was never really in that you know i always wanted to do better and and make stuff that people would really appreciate and Mm. would last the amount of years later um so when my dad passed away uh which was maybe five years ago i was in the middle of this project called looney tunes um Mm. and it was almost done too but my heart wasn't in it anymore i needed some time to grieve so i i just quit doing music and i had this epiphany one time that i don't know what it was man i was like do an album for god i do an album for god i was like and it's just like wow it was like something hit me in the forehead like yeah i'm gonna do it but i can't come and say, oh, I'm Quete, bang, bang, it's this guy, and this crazy <laughs> fucking rapper to like, praise Jesus, pray, like, it was it was too much of a dramatic change, so I had to figure out how to get my fans to follow along with me with the message that I wanted to give you now, um, so I figured out, okay, let me, let me try this, so I would tell you, you know, two, two, st- like a whole story, a story, but the first two verses, I might tell you, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking this bitch, or she's giving me feria, <laughs> I got her car, you know, playing her, and in the end, I would tell you how it's wrong, mm-hmm. how I took this lady's money, now she couldn't feed her kids, and, you know, I was, I was using her, she's at home crying, I didn't give a fuck, you know, I made it into a positive, and it's it's crazy how the ending, you know, I would lead you into this this road where you think like I'm doing all this bad shit, but in the end I would tell you how that's wrong mm. and how you shouldn't do that. And that's that's not the righteous way to be. And I made this song called Like You. Um and it's about a father teaching his son all these crazy shit, you know, like pictures of bitches in your phone mm. fucking these girls and in the end you know the dad thought that it was so cool it was a power power move yeah let me teach my son to be a player and in the end you know my actual real son that's the verse where he's talking about he's with all these girls he's playing his girlfriend and it opened my eyes to like man i did that to him oh my god he's gonna have a horrible fucking life he's never gonna find love he's never gonna be in love he's gonna be fucking lonely in the end of his life because he's never gonna find that love that he deserves because i taught him wrong all these years so I just, I just, I just personally want to give out positive vibes, and I talk about the stuff that people don't want to talk about because it's not really a turn on to them. Maybe they don't want to bump that shit on a late Friday night when they're trying to fuck someone up or whatever <laughs> it may be. 
but I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to do what I want to do. I have enough fans and people bump my music enough to where it's okay. The people who are riding with me appreciate it. So I think people mm. don't talk about stuff like that because they're scared it's not going to get their attention. But actually, they're wrong. That's exactly what's going to get their attention. Talking about real shit. Mm. You know, you come out with a song talking about your blasting fool. I get people all the time, hey, can you rap on this shit? <laughs> um, and then they'll send me the track and it's some crazy shit. And I'm just like, fuck, dude, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, if you send me a track talking about you being broke and you're struggling and like, man, I'm going to jump on that shit. You know what I mean? Mm. I can relate. I can relate. See, I remember tracks of yours like When I Die or um the other one. What's it called? Um the My Pretty Baby. But you always bring me down. That shit's dope, man. See that shit I vibe with that shit so fucking hard. And and it's cool as fuck because at the end you're bringing the homies, hey yes guy, nah, stop being so sad. Like let's get some fucking like some beers and shit. Let's kick it. You know what I mean? It's like that's like reality, bro. That's like showing carnalismo, that's showing all kinds of angles of the experience of a Latino going through these emotions and shit. You know what I mean? I love that, man. Yeah. You know what's crazy about that love story album? Exactly what you're talking about. I had this girlfriend at the time. Um, I was in love with that girl. I thought I was gonna marry her, homie. And uh, every day, every every time something new happened, I would make a song about it. Through our whole relationship, oh we got together. Oh it's going great. Oh no, we got into an argument. Oh I got jealous over some dude, or and then oh wow, she I caught her talking to some other dude, whatever. So it was like a whole love story. About one one real love story, and at the end, I had all these songs that were made an album. I had them on one record, and my homie was like, he heard it one day. He's like, "Yo, when are you putting this album out?" I was like, "I ain't putting that soft shit out for your trip, homie." I'm quite the yes guy. So he was like, "Nah, dog, you gotta put this shit out, fool. This shit is dope as fuck. People are gonna love this record." I'm like, "Nah, that's too soft. I'm not dealing with that shit." Uh, um, so I Wicked Minds. I mean, I was I was I was rolling. I didn't want to put that soft shit out. Mm. And then I was on tour with um, NB Writers. It was. Oh. Uh, I was on tour with NB Riders and I remember I seen them out there and I stood back and I seen them doing their love songs and the girls were losing their fucking mind and it clicked it's the songs mm. they love the songs and it, it was just like a wow moment <laughs> and I was like fuck I'm putting that shit out put that shit out it's probably my biggest seller ever to this day that's when I had When I Die When I Die mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. you know, that song that song was on there um and then I put it out and it, it became like the biggest fucking record. And then after that, I did Love Stories 2 and mm-hmm. Love Stories 3. I'm, Valentine's Day coming up. I'm about to drop uh, Love Story 7. I'm already Love Story 7, dog. Fuck it's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, through the years, I've just been smashing on it. But I just, I think I have a profound knack for talking about love situations. Mm. Cause I'm always going through crazy shit and I express it to you. And I know that you could understand it. And you, you probably been through it too. Like, Oh man, that sounds like this girl I was with. <laughs> you know, and I try to make it to where you're going to relate to it. Like, man, I get it all the time. It's Thank crazy. You. Yeah, man. Now let's talk about, um, before we go into like, I really want to have a lot of questions about, you know, when, as you went into the acting field, but, um, as we're talking about the musician side of yourself, um, now, the whole thing with Little Cuete, man, I know, I mean, I'm a fan of both of you, um, but I just, th- th- there's been this, I don't know what it is, man, that people, you know, talk bad about the situation, I mean, what, I mean, what is your take on it? On Little Cuete? Yeah, because, like, even online, they still mistaken him for you and you for him and all this and stuff, has there been any beef with that? 
you know, like if you'd have asked me that question years back, I would have had a a real negative answer for you. But I'm a, at this point, I'm already a grown man, and you know whether how he carries himself or conducts himself, and how he wants to act, and you know what kind of negativity he'd bust out with. You know, I like to be a bigger, better person. But I will say, um. Yeah, him and I definitely don't, we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't vibe, bro. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I met him early on and it was always, uh, I wasn't feeling him. I wasn't feeling him. That's why when I came out, I was quite there. And then he came out, everyone, you know, mixed him up with me. They would put When I Die, which was like the biggest song that I had yeah. at that moment under his name. And then exactly. he would skyrocket. He skyrocketed up, you know, got a lot of fame off of my song which really opened the door for him to take off and, and have a, a good little career. Um, so I changed my name to Cuete Yesca mm. to try to allevi- alleviate some of the confusion. You mm. know, I have people all the time still to this day tell me, you don't sing when I die. That's little Cuete. You're fucking thief. You stole that shit. I'm like, fuck, man. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's clearly on my album, motherfucker. But yeah. I get people all the time. People always, t- always tell me, I didn't know you sang that song. I thought little Cuete sang it. Every night, so that's gonna be forever more till I die, probably. Mm. You know, people say that shit, you know, because of the mistakes. You know, I would tell someone, hey, you got a lot of views, like three million views on that. You got the wrong name. Can you take it off? Can you take it down? Like, oh, I can't take it down. I'm getting paid off YouTube. Oh. You know, I got a lot of streams, but I could change the name. Yeah, you could change the name, but you still have his face on there, dog. You <laughs> know what I mean? So there's nothing, nothing no one could do. Um, I don't get the confusion, we, we, though, because it's a big difference in the voice. I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, I have a trained ear because of being into music and stuff. But the everyday person, they mistaken you for him. And it's like, the voice is clear. You're not his, bro. Yeah. I mean, we clearly don't look alike. You know, it's, it's I don't understand the confusion either. But it still happens. Yeah, yeah, I still yeah. get that. I get homies calling me all the time. Hey, dog, tell this fool right here you sing when I die. So don't believe me. And I'm like, yeah, I seen that shit. <laughs> 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 whatever. Oh, At this point, fuck it. It's like, fuck, man, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. But yeah, him and I, we just don't, we don't really jive. You know, he'll still do, he'll still do immature shit. You know, you do little posts on his Instagram about me, even to this day. Oh, trying man. to, you know, I had something about my acting on there and he was, uh, I did this commercial about vegetable commercial um, and he took it, put it on his page, trying to talk shit about me. And, you know, someone brought it to my attention. It's like, fuck, he even has me blocked on Instagram. Like, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a pussy thing to do. Like, mm. you're going to talk shit about me, but yeah, you have me blocked. So I can't even see it. It's like, <laughs> you're not giving me a, a fair one. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, it's all good. What uh, do they call those people? Uh, trolls? Is that what they that Bitches. That? Yeah, <laughs> trolls, bitches, whatever. You know what I mean, it's, um, it's all good. Now let's take I it back people, to yeah. What was go, that? Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh go no, ahead. My, my bad. Now I was gonna take it back to the anxiety thing, man. What do you think um, that uh, brought upon that? Because I feel that me be, being from Salinas and growing up around a lot of uh, you know uh, dangerous. Um, things that happen in Salinas and, and seeing people like die, seeing people get shot, seeing as a young as a youngster, I think that's what finally got caught up to me when I was an adult. You know what I mean? Because I probably suppressed it mentally. I thought that I wasn't like that. I was tough enough as a youngster. I thought I I, I made myself tough enough. I grew rough skin, but then it probably crept up when I you know I me mean, put my guards down I guess as an adult you know what I mean what do you think is, is your reason for, for getting anxiety oh man you know to be honest uh, I don't know the, the true answer to that because I was getting it when I was little 
um, like I said, um, we were always getting raided and the cops were always fucking with us at an early age. I would see my uncle siding with other people. You know, we'd be, we'd be at the house and, you know, they would get into fucking fights inside the house. And when you're little, you can't really defend yourself. I'm talking like five, six. You don't, you think they're going to come in there and fall on you. And it's like, you're scared. You grow up like, oh shit, what's going to fucking happen? You know, I might enjoy watching it, but you, you grow up scared. It, it creates something in your system where you're never really at peace. You're always, there's a nervous tick about you because you always think something bad's gonna happen because something bad was always happening so i think that that's where i i mainly got it from um throughout the years as i got older what brought on the very last one was um this this girl hit me up one time okay and uh, i'm gonna tell you some real shit this girl hit me up and she was like is your name so-and-so and you got a brother and a sister name i was like i do and she was like i'm your sister and I was like, what? She was like, yeah, your your dad is so-and-so. And it was my biological um, parent, I guess you'd call him. It was him. And I ain't seen him in, I don't know, since I was like five, six, you know, because mm. my mom remarried to, to a real man who I take his name on and he's my dad. Like he's who I would call my dad. He's who I love and respect as my dad. So when I say my dad passed away. I'm talking about the man who raised me and turned mm. me into a man. Maybe not the one who made me, but he did, you know, he's my dad. So this girl was talking about my biological, you know, piece of shit dude. So she said, yeah, I'm your, I'm your sister. And I told her, you know, like we could be cool, but don't ever bring him up to me trying to make, peace you know and try to like bond us together because he's not my fucking dad i want jack shit to do with him mm. all right cool so her and i started having you know a relationship started talking here and there so what's going on how are you um so on her facebook i would see she posted a picture of him getting like hit in the head i guess and he was in the hospital so i asked her hey what happened to that fool and she told me oh he got hit in the head with the bat and you know he's a quadriplegic now he's going through a lot of shit he's you know most likely gonna die and you know i didn't really give a fuck you know he wasn't really my dad so mm. but i would see things through the months him getting worse and worse and worse and he was gonna die and honestly i gave two fucks to be honest with you i really didn't but then finally he died and i seen it I seen it and keep in mind, like I said, he's not my dad. Mm. You know, he, he, he may have been, or he may have been my biological father, but he wasn't my father. Mm. But when he died, you know, technically, you know, my dad died, you know, mm. technically, but I didn't know that I had some issues to deal with. You know, I didn't realize it. Um, Cause when he died, I started getting really bad panic attacks. I think it opened up a can of worms for me mm. and I didn't, I, I, I probably had some unstuff, some stuff settled, unsettling inside me that I needed to deal with. And I didn't even know that I had something to deal with. But when I went to a counselor, um, he started taking me through these moments and a lot of stuff came out in my system. Like when I was young, I would see him hitting my mom and, you know, he was always fucking abusive to my brother and my sister. And, you know, there was a lot of shit. So when I started going to the counselor, he's, he got all this shit out of my system. So what really did it for me was when he died and I started going through the motions of, Hey, your dad just died. Even though he wasn't my dad, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't my dad, but you know, there was still stuff I had to deal with in a, in a weird way, you know? Mm. So that's what really triggered it for me uh, towards the end before I got help. And um, now I'm at the place I'm at now. Yeah, that opened up a whole fucking can of worms for me. You know? I kind of wish that that wouldn't happen. Wow, um, man. Yeah, yeah. I was doing just fine until that happened, you know what I mean? 
Wow, man. See, that's a whole lot of stuff for a person to take in, man. There's a lot of, um, I guess you could say, demons in the in everyone's uh, mental states that we have to deal with. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure everyone has some that they have to deal with. You know what I mean? We, I mean, we're yeah. humans. You know what I mean? We we got we got stuff to to worry about and stuff. But um, as for as for the person that the 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 man that did you know you know bring you up um the one that really stood with you uh the one you you called your father he was he alive still when when your biological father uh died he was he was still alive but he was he wasn't doing good he was he was already on dialysis and he was he was probably about three four three four months away from when he passed wow Um, yeah so yeah, you had to deal with both. So you were dealing with both situations, and even though you probably wouldn't really acknowledge it to yourself that you really that it really bothered you for the biological father, but it was still there, and you were still dealing with the man that you really do did appreciate, you know, going through his uh, you know, health problems. So yeah, so you were going through these two big big problems in your in your in your life at that moment. And my mom was in the hospital because she had a stroke and she oh, couldn't wow. talk. I had to read, teach her how to read. You know, I went and got these dummy cards: A, apple, B, B, uh, you know, C, cat. Like I had to teach her how to read, read. You know, my mom, she had a stroke, so everything hit me at once. You know, my mom went to the hospital. Um, and the crazy thing is, I would tell my mom she couldn't talk, and then I remember she moved her finger, and we were all excited, like, "Oh, she moved her finger!" Like that mm-hmm. was a major fucking like. Oh my gosh, she moved her finger. Like, imagine that. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, and I remember I would tell her, Mom, I'm not leaving. I'm not going home until you come home. I would tell mm. her that every day. And I would tell her, Mom, when do I go home? And she, she got to a point where she could talk. She goes, You go home when I go home. And I was mm. like, Right, Mom, I'm not, I'm not going home until you go home. And I stuck through it. I spent the night in that hospital for like, I think it was like 63 days. And I fucking, when I, she finally went home, I went home too. Yeah, I was there with her the whole fucking time. It was a lot of fucking stress on me, dog. Like, I was going through major anxiety, hardcore. Wow, man. Man, I appreciate you telling me that, man, because a lot of people won't, don't, it's a touchy subject for for people. I mean, personally, if I was going through that, I really wouldn't want to touch on it because it would be too personal, too, you know, just too, too, too hard to deal with just talking about it. But I appreciate that, bro. Like, really. Yeah. And you know what? There's somebody out there listening who probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, one more thing before we move on to your acting career, man. Um, Drugs, man. Do you think that that had a factor as well? To deal with uh, anxiety and maybe weed or something like that. Because I know maybe, like for myself, um, one time I, I didn't know that shrooms can be laced with weed. Or that people even <laughs> people that people even did that shit. So, I, you know what I mean? I got past that shit and I fucking, um, uh, you know, I've never done anything else besides weed at this point. You know what I mean? And like, right. that shit. I think that shit was something else that really fucked with me too. Yeah, you know, like, I was smoking weed when I was, like, fucking 13, like, just fucked, I was doing weed, all kinds, I done all kinds of fucking shit, dog, but I remember towards the end, when I quit smoking weed, because I've been, I don't do drugs, I don't even drink, dog, I don't drink, you'll never catch me with a drink, like, I just, it's not me, it's not for me, um, I run, I exercise, and I run, like, six miles a day, homie, like, I live a different lifestyle, you know, and, um, drugs is not in it's not for me and i grew up you know seeing my uncles od and they all you know they've all passed away like i said i would see it all the time it's drugs isn't the route that i really wanted to go down um ultimately but so i quit smoking weed because towards the end i was getting too high 
and it was mm. fucking my brain up like holy shit you're too high you know i don't know if you say you don't smoke weed but a lot of weed smokers out there know like they, sometimes you get too high and you get paranoid as fuck you're like oh fuck i'm too high i'm too high that was happening like the last three four five six times towards the end and i was then i was like fuck i'm too scared to get high and i just fucking quit it was like i just quit um have you ever seen a movie called i am sam you know, I heard of it, and I heard it's a really good movie. Yeah, I it's a seen movie it about it's a movie about Sean Penn. He's a mm. uh, he's I, I don't know what the, the right way to say this is upset. No, he's mentally challenged. Let's say he's mm. mentally challenged. Okay, and he has this daughter named uh, what was her name? Oh my God, I did a movie with her actually, Dakota Fanning. So mm. Dakota Fanning was a little girl. I did a movie with her. She's a super cool dog. But anyways, the little girl would would take care of the dad, and the dad. Well, he was such a good dad, dude. He was mentally challenged, but he was such a good fucking dad. And I remember I was getting high one time, and I looked out of my bathroom uh, into the bedroom, so I got high in the bathroom, and I see my daughter sleeping. I remember I looked at her, and it was a moment I was watching I Am Sam, and I thought, he's a better dad than you. And he, you have the ability to do 20 times more shit than him. He's mentally challenged and he's a better fucking dad than you. And it fucking broke my heart, dog. I started crying and I fucking never smoked weed again wow. since that moment. It was a powerful moment in my life where I realized, dude, you know, and I used to think, you know, I'll smoke weed again later when my kids get older. You know, they're always going to, weed's always going to be there, but I, I don't have this time to be a good mm. dad ever again. So I quit smoking weed and then, um, I had two more little ones. So now my little ones are like 11 and 13. But at this point in my life, weed is just, it's not, it's a not factor. I don't think I'll ever get high again, to be honest. But mm. yeah, so I quit because that movie was, it was a really powerful movie. And I, it pulled on my heartstrings bad. Like, man, this dude's a great fucking dad. He's a better dad than you. Yeah, and it, it made me feel some kind of way about myself. So I quit, I quit, boom. Mm. The crazy thing is when I quit, I had to go to the hospital a few times because I would have panic attacks and I they sent me to like the psych ward like I was fucking crazy <laughs> and I told them they're like what's wrong with you I was like I don't know like my brain isn't normal like my fucking I'm, I'm, there's something wrong like I'm not normal and they're like they started telling me like, well, you've been smoking weed for 20 years now your mind is wondering where these chemicals are you know, maybe you should smoke a joint every day and wing off of it I said no, I can't do it no more so I, I struggled for like a good month torture torture and i finally made it through i made it out but you know you said that they were telling me that my brain was wondering where these chemicals are because they were so used to it being in my brain every day that now that it's gone i fell off mm. yeah it was it was bad homie i've been through a lot of shit dog it was real bad wow. but i made it homie look at me now you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> but as for like smoking weed i mean did that make your anxiety worse did you did you notice or I didn't notice it, man. I don't, well, towards the end, I got too high, and oh, I didn't okay. want to do it anymore. But hmm. no weed, you know, I'm quite the yes guy. Weed was my best friend for like <laughs> fucking years on top of years. So I mean, like, yeah. I love getting high. But that was my only outlet to, to relax and to feel better. Mm. So, I mean, I, I I wish I could still get high. You know, I like to, every now and then I like to smell it. You know, like, mm. I'll get the blood and I'll smell it. I'm like, man, I remember you. <laughs> but, yeah, for the because most Because now, like myself, I like to smoke more of the CBD I mean, a little bit of THC here and there, but like CBD mostly just for, cause that shit is good. And I noticed that that shit is really, really good for like, for like, uh, inflammation. Like when your joints are, you know what I mean? You know, feeling yeah. like all swollen and shit. Um, yeah. that, that, that's really good, man. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. I'm talking about CBD, you know, for that, for that reason. But, um, yeah. but yeah, man. Um, so now 
you you continue doing your music and stuff. At what point did you get interested in going into acting, bro? Well, shit, homie. You know what? Everyone asks me how long have you been acting, and my answer has always been the same. I've been acting since my first girlfriend, dog. <laughs> 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 that's fucked up huh? <laughs> I always I always thought that you know I could do it I you know Pocos Pero Locos was, was you know back in the day was the, mm. the hot shit mm -hmm. they would spin my records and they were friends I was good friends with Kool-Aid and Dub I still am to this day you know I owe them a lot as well Um, they got involved in this movie called Philly Brown Philly with Brown. Uh, Gina mm -hmm. Rodriguez and uh, Edward James Almost and uh, Lou Diamond Phillips and Jenny Rivera uh, rest in peace to mm -hmm. Jenny Um, so they were involved in the music aspect of it so they were looking for an actor to play Chewy and they reached out and I came in for the audition and right before I auditioned they told me like man we had like 30 people audition for this and I was like damn um a lot of rappers auditioned for it too and then uh I ended up booking it and I got it so when I got that um Edward James was starting his own agency with somebody um his daughter his daughter-in-law was starting an agency um so on set we became friends and she took me on um and then I booked Southland I booked Sons of Anarchy and um mm. it just it just out of nowhere happened homie out of fucking nowhere but it just spiraled into like a this fucking power move for me and I just kept going with it and I stuck with it and now I've been in and like I've been in over like 65 TV shows, movies. Wow. I was a, I was a reg, I was a reoccurring on the George Lopez show. Um, I'm on a TV show right now on FX. It's it's four season. I've been in three seasons. Uh, it's called Better Things. You know, it's won an Emmy. Um, I did this Sarah Silverman thing uh, with Sarah Silverman, her comedy show that won an Emmy. Mm. Uh, Philly Brown won an Alma Award, and that's that's huge shit for Latinos. That that's really mm -hmm. big. So. I've been blessed that every time I book something, it's always with a, a well-known actor. So it raises the bar for me. You know, if you, mm. if you act and you got uh, your opposite people, like I did a TV show with how to get away with murder with Viola mm -hmm. Davis, you know, she's a Academy award winner. Um, I did a scene with uh, Regina King. You know, she's Academy Award winner. So I've been acting with these people who won these awards. And even though it's not me who wins these awards, since I act with them and I'm I'm opposite doing my scenes with them, you know, it's like I kind of gain their accolades. You know, this I'm I'm, not, I'm working with this Academy Award winner. That's it's a big shit, you know. Yeah, man, that's fucking dope, man. But like when you first started, like when in in Philly Brown. Did, did you go in there not knowing anything of how to be an actor or did you already start like kind of looking at uh, looking at yourself in the mirror and like maybe recording yourself acting, getting some pointers, like learning a, a bit here and there? Uh, nah, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't. I just went in there and I just naturally just did it. Wow. I naturally just did it. And from that moment on, um, I just naturally did it. And then I started, I started, um, really focusing on the craft there's really a craft to it you really have to hone in on it and get into character um and really you know when when you're playing a certain person you have to be that person you know because if you just go in there and just do the same thing you're gonna be the same guy every time you show up on tv unless you figure out how to change them you know you play a gangster in all these movies you're gonna be the same hmm. gangster dude all in every show there's really nothing special about it so I'll try to always make something different so I'm not always the same yeah I see you in this movie you're acting crazy in this one yeah, yeah that was a good one too you did this or it's just you gotta always reinvent yourself that's what's cool about being an actor dog you could be a different person yeah, every day that's, that's dope, great man. 
That's fucking yeah. cool as fuck. Now I noticed uh, you were also in in uh, a better life. That that was a dope ass movie, man. That was a dope movie. That was a dope movie. Um, I just been trying to just do what I do, homie. Just landing parts and just focusing on how to get better. Um, you know, first of all, my first accomplishment, my first goal was to get in a commercial. You know, it took me like a good year. Um, cause when you coming from music, I'm quite the yes guy. People know me, but then I go to the acting world. I don't get to carry that with me. Like, oh, I'm quite the, that don't mean jack shit. Yeah. It's a whole different game. So everything that I built didn't come with me. You know, like I didn't get to take it. Yeah. So I had to restart all over again. And my goal was to, you know, just to book a commercial. And it took me like over a year and I was holding back. I was holding back. I was holding back because it's, you know, I go on stage in front of 20,000 people and I'll rock that shit because that's where I'm comfortable. Mm. You know, it's, that's that's my home up there. But you go into a room where it's in, more intimate. There's eight people in there with clipboards, suits, ties, and they're, they're staring at you and they're <laughs> judging you, you know. They're judging you. It's it's a lot fucking different. Well, only eight people in there. Nah, fuck that. Looks like there's eight thousand people okay. in there because they're all staring at you passionately. Like you know, it's it's a different breed of a game. So all I wanted to do was book a commercial, and then I booked the Dairy Queen commercial, um, and it gave me confidence. Like fuck, you could do this. You could do this. Um, you know, one time my brother, he, my brother told me something one time that really stuck out. It was another life changing moment where, you know, I was in there doing something. Play, auditioning to play like this pirate guy or something i told my brother he's like are you gonna do it i was like i don't know i'm nervous he's like do you think jim carrey would give a fuck about <laughs> going in there being a playing that role i go no he probably wouldn't give a fuck he, goes, he wouldn't give a fuck he goes, you know what that means i said well he goes it means you're not a real actor yet and i was like damn <laughs> damn and you know what when he said that it fucking changed me. I was like, fuck, you're right. The next day, I was in a whole fucking pirate outfit, dog, and I fucking oh, sent him man. a picture of me in it. And he was like, there you go. And from that moment, I was really like, I was balls out. Boom. Oh, yeah. Then I booked, yeah, then I just, I booked the commercial, and then I was like, okay, all I want to do now is get on a TV show. And then I got on Shameless, mm. and I said, okay, now I want to get in the movie. Got in Philly Brown. said, so, okay, now all I want to do is I want to come back on a show twice. I want to be reoccurring. Got on um, the Lopez show. Got on Better Things. Uh, got on Seal Team. You know, they keep bringing me back. And then now I have new goals of, oh, I want to make my own movie. Boom, mm. I did it. You know, my last goal is, you know, now well, my next goal is I want to be a regular on a TV show like where you see me every episode or you know so I just keep raising the bar on my goals you gotta always have goals and you gotta go after them I've always been a dreamer homie like for instance I remember I have two tour buses right and I remember when I bought my first tour bus I didn't have no money for it nothing these things cost thousands mm -hmm. of dollars like 20,000 and I was out there looking for a bus looking for when I drive to fucking Covina uh, Cerritos Lakewood everywhere looking for a bus then I found it that's okay this is the bus I'm gonna buy this is it it's 20,000 bucks I'm gonna buy it now I just gotta find the money <laughs> and I was looking for buses without the money but I knew in my <laughs> heart I was gonna get it I knew it I put the energy out there, positive energy. I was going to get it. And somehow, homie, I, I got that money and I bought it. Wow. And then, yeah, I made, I, every, whoever, wherever I got the money from, three months later, I paid them all back. Boom. Now I own this thing. You know what I mean? Mm. What is that called? Yeah. What is that called? The power of, um, uh, not, not it's intention. Law of attraction, bro. Law of attraction. Law of attraction. There we go. There we go. Yeah, now you believe in I that? Yeah, that. Of course, homie, of That's course. Right. If you if you put out that positive energy, it's going to happen for you. You just got to believe it. 
you know, you can't, you can't half-ass it. Like, I believe I'm going to be a star. I believe that I'm going to have success. I believe that, you know, people will like my film. You know, you got to believe it. You put that in it. If you keep saying, oh, no one's going to like it, no one's going to like it. Well, fuck, no one's going to like it then because you keep saying it. That's you got to believe in yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. And, uh, man, Jimmy Kimmel, man. Being on Jimmy Kimmel, how was that experience, bro? Oh, you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool, though. That was cool. No, actually, I got to a, to the point where um, Jimmy Kimmel, re- Jimmy Kimmel's people reached out to me. Um, I don't know what they saw me on, but they reached out to me, to my agent, and said, "Hey, Jimmy Kimmel's people reached out. They want you to come do this this thing. Can you do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do it." So they called me like at 10 a.m. and I was filming it like at 12. Later that day, two hours later, I was already on set filming it. And it's cool because if you get to a point where people start remembering you, they start to say, "Oh, this is that one guy from that one show." I like. Can, can you see if you could get him in here? You know, that starts to happen now. Um, uh, like, I just got called in for the show The Deputy, which is David Ayers' new film. It's his new uh, TV show. Now, David Ayers, a, he's a powerful director, man. He's someone that you want to you wanna know. Um, he wrote End the Watch. Mm-hmm. He wrote Training Day, Suicide Squad. You know, he's no joke. Um, he was doing this movie called... Uh, tax collector mm. and a few of my homies got on it and i was like man i didn't even get an audition for that i felt pretty left out like man that sucks the very next day i got a call and they were like you got an audition for the tax collector i was like shut the fuck up so i told myself all your homies are in this movie you're gonna get in this movie too you're gonna fucking you're getting this part you're gonna fucking get it you're gonna go in there you're gonna fucking get it and i went in there audition got a call back the next day I auditioned for David Ayer himself. He was in there yeah. and I fucking, I did it, homie. And I got the call later that day. I booked it and I was like, shut the fuck up. Like I'm uh-huh. in a David Ayer film. This is crazy. Cause I knew who he was from in the watch, um, training day. And I was like, I want to meet this fucking guy. I want to work with this guy. I can't put it out there that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Mm. And then boom, now, now I know this man, you know, and it's, you know, his new show, the deputy, um, the casting agency that he works with reached out to me and they said, Hey, we know you work with David before there's a role we think you're perfect for. Can you come in and audition? This was like yesterday. And I went and auditioned yesterday for his new show. So wow. yeah, that positive energy on I me, mean, you got to put that out there. Cause I knew I was going to work with that man one day. I felt it. That's I believed it. You know, when I hear David's going to be, uh, is going to be working on the kid Frost's um, biopic movie, man. Is that right? That's what I heard, man. I'm not, I'm not sure if, this, uh, if that's completely true, but I'll be fucking dope if it is, man. I'm glad you told me that. Yeah. I can reach out to Kid Frost and David Ayer. Like, hey, hey. what's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I just saw See? Frost not too long ago in the studio. Mm, and, and I had asked him because I opened up for him like two years ago or a year ago. Um, and I had asked him, hey, bro, we need more uh, like... Rasa um, rapper biopics like yourself, like um, and this was before b- before Toker had passed away, like Brownside, all of them, like Proper Ghost. We need these um, biopics because you guys are fucking like shit. You guys put a stamp on 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 like the culture. You know what I mean? And uh, he's yeah. like, and he's like, yeah, we're starting to work on on my movie. I'm like, oh, that's fucking dope. And then I hear just recently that David Ayer might be the one directing, and I was like, oh shit, that's fucking dope. Yeah. That is dope. That is dope. David Ayer, man, he speaks Spanish. He grew up in, you know, Barrio Harpies out there. That fool's mm-hmm. no joke, man. Yep. He, he knows what's up with the homies. Like, he gets it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's fucking dope, Yeah, he's man. perfect. He's perfect for that. Mm. Now, what would you say, what advice would you give a youngster 
wanting to go into the business of acting or just in the business of Hollywood in general, like producing, directing, writing, script writing, all that, man? You know, I get people asking me all the time and they never, you know, nine, nine, nine out of ten of them don't listen to me. You know, I've had, you know, guys tell me, how do I get started acting? What do I need to do? I want to be on set, too. And I'll tell them, this is where you go. You go to LACasting.com. You set up a profile. Um, you pay 20 bucks a month and they're going to send auditions straight to your phone and then you submit yourself. You know, you're in charge of your own destiny. You know, and it's easy as that. One, two, three. But nobody, nobody wants to do it. I've had a few people do it. Um. And then I realized that the people that did listen to me, I've seen them on set now and they're like oh, auditioning against me. Yeah, I've had people auditioning against me for the same role. And I'm oh, like, wow. man, I told you what to do. And now here the fuck you are. <laughs> You're like competition. I shouldn't have told your ass. On that, <laughs> no, on that like, note, bro, on that note, because that touches something so, so, so special to what I like talking about and what a lot of uh, people within the industry talk about, which is not wanting to share the information because because of that might happen. Now, how did you feel when that happened? Did you feel uh, like a bad uh, way towards him or like oh that's dope as fuck more people that's more people that i know are jumping in fuck it that's cool as fuck how did you feel about that i was i was happy for him man i was happy like man good for you I'm proud of you like you stuck it out because i know what the road is to get there and i was proud that they did it i was like man good for you and you know even if they did beat me or not beat me it, you know whoever it it's whatever's meant to be is gonna be you know if i mm. get it it was just meant for me if you get it you know it was meant for you so you know if i don't get the role i'm not ever really you know it does hurt sometimes because like another thing like the question you asked me you gotta have tough skin to be an actor mm. because if you're up for a role and you don't get it it will hurt you you know because you're passionate about it you know you want every i know me personally i want every role i audition for if i'm spending hours studying you know think about it like this okay I get an audition, I have to study for hours, maybe days, go on there and audition and hope I get the job. Mm. So I'm working for free for those two days, you know what I mean? Just in hopes that I book it. So if if I but if I do see someone on set and or audition against me, I get happy for him, man. Like, man, I'm glad I'm good for you, man. What have you been working on? And then when they tell me, like, oh, I've been on this, I've done this, I'm thinking, fuck, dude. I'm proud of you. I'm glad you listened to me. Cause I tell them not a lot of people listen to me. I've had it. I've had it happen. Only like two or three people have done it. Very, very small amount. You know, a lot of them. Hey, did you ever, you know, check out LA Cast? And I try to tell you, like, nah, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm like, fuck. I told you. Told you to do it, man. Mm. Now for yeah, the people that, all. yeah, for the people that feel some kind of way when someone that they told that advice and they're trying to come up and they're, they they find themselves like kind of like at the same spot at one point why feel some kind of way you know what i mean to the people that do feel that that envy or whatever it is you know what i mean and that malice you know what i mean there's room for all there's room of us, for it's, all like we of them. About, it's like we were talking about earlier like in the music if everyone would pull the move i did and help each other we'd be a lot farther but people don't want to share information like oh no no don't don't let him know there's an audition and he's gonna come and he's gonna come <laughs> like so what man if you're the best man for the job you'll yeah, get it exactly don't worry about it Oh, that's fucking you know, dope, man. Yeah, I love if that. It look, if it's meant for you, it's meant for you. I auditioned for this movie one time, and I booked this role. Um, and it was a good, it was a good, a good part, and I booked it. And then I was waiting on the information on when I filmed it, and the casting director said, "You know what? I'm not in charge of that no more." They another casting agent got hired, so everyone who got hired is not hired anymore. Everyone has to re-audition. And I was like, "Fuck, that sucks." Hmm. So I went over to the next casting place. I re-auditioned, and I booked that motherfucker again. And I was like, it was just meant to be. Wow. You, you know what I'm saying? It was just meant to be. I really believe that everything happens for a reason, bro. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I do. man. It's 
truth. It is. It is. It is. Now, from all the um, you know positions that you've had, all the different acting roles that you you know have have done, what is the most important thing that you've learned from all the roles? I think you just gotta be comfortable being uncomfortable. Oh. because when you're not when you're not when you're holding back you're not going to give your best performance you know you just you're not like my new film that i did you know there's a lot of intense scenes in there that i think when you see what hit home um because it's all about anxiety attacks panic attacks being scared being vulnerable you know it, you just can't hold back you got to give it your 100 percent. like i like when i was doing the auditions at first for the first year i was holding back and I wasn't giving it my all. And then I wasn't booking nothing. I was like, fuck, dude, you're not booking shit. You know, I was like, maybe you're not meant for this. And then my brother told me that, well, you ain't a real actor then. And from that moment on, I just started giving it everything I had, not being nervous, not being scared. And I'll go into a room now and I'll just fucking lay it down. There could be six people in there staring at me. And I just, I don't give a fuck. Like, boom, I came to play. You know what I mean? Mm. You just got to give it your all. So you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because if you're not comfortable being uncomfortable, this ain't the business for you. Wow, it's not. Man. Now, have, have you ever, like, have you ever felt that uh, an anxiety attack was coming up on the set or on the, you know what I mean, uh, trying to get the part? <laughs> Um, maybe not anxiety attacks, no, but I mean, I do get anxious. I do get nervous. You know, there's times where, um, like the other day when I auditioned for that deputy, like I said, even though it was more nerve wracking cause they called me in and you know, it wasn't like my agent submitted to them. They called looking for me and it was like, Oh man, you can't fuck this up. Like this is double, triple pressure on you now. They, they thought that you, they thought of you and they wanted you in here. Like you cannot fuck this up. You know, oh, wow. it's, it's, it's even more nerve wracking. I get nervous all the time, dog. And, um, you just got to calm yourself down and take control and say, do you, you're gonna go in there. You're gonna fucking nail this shit. You've been doing this shit for years. Don't, don't bitch out now. Don't bitch <laughs> out now. And like, yeah, homie. I'll have pep talks with my ass. Like, don't quit being a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then once I'm walking into that room, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. That's fucking dope, man. See, a lot of people listening to this man are gonna benefit so much because this is the type of thing that. Um, that they're perhaps going in maybe they're already trying out for for different parts and they're not getting it and they feel so you know disappointed of themselves and so discouraged man and uh yeah. knowing that even the ones that are seasoned um in this business still get the jitters still get nervous you know what i mean it's, it's not gonna perhaps might not even go away even when you're doing it for 10 20 years it might not even ever go away it's maybe never it's in terms of how well are you able to manage it how well are you able to go in there fucking do your motherfucking best and still have the yeah. fucking jitters even after you're done with the you know what i mean with the yeah. tryouts you got to lose yourself in the moment. Like Eminem said, you know, trip out on this, Robert De Niro and, uh, uh, man, Denzel Washington, they still to this day have acting coaches, you know, mm. they're always trying to get better. And you think, really? Those motherfuckers are pros. Well, yeah, they're still have they still have acting coaches. Wow. They're still trying to perfect their craft. Wow. Yeah. They're not done. They're still going. There's, there's always work to do. There's always work. Think about it like this. Um, you got to have tools, right? Let's say you get an MMA fighter, a UFC fighter versus some just regular guy who, you know, he's, he's a gas man. You know, they get into a fight. Who's going to win that fight? Who do you think's going to win and why? The UFC fighter trains. He has tools. Yeah. He's been training. 
it's the same thing with anything you do. You got to train. You got to you got to have every tool possible to get the job done. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Man. Now the turnaround. When can we see that in the? Um, is it gonna go into theaters? Okay. The thing about the movies is this. Um, I make these films and they're short films. Like my movie is 27, 28 minutes. Now the reason why I made it is because we do a festival run and we're trying to get people to say, hey, you know what? I really like your film. I want to invest in it. Mm. That was the point. That's the point of making it. Um, so we just got into our first festival. Um, so people are going to see it. We're going to try to win awards, build momentum. And sooner or later, someone's going to come across and say, hey, you know what? I really like that film. I think that I want to invest in it. It's a good story, and I like it. I'll give you such and such amount of dollars to film that. Bam, that's how it happens. Mm -hmm. And then the movie comes. You know, there's steps to it. But even getting to this part, it's a fucking major step. Bro. Mm -hmm. I had the script for that. Talk about this. I had a script for that the turnaround three years like i wrote it three almost four years ago and i've been carrying it around with me trying to shop it trying to get someone to believe in it as much as i did and i couldn't i couldn't find anyone who was willing to take that adventure on it until i met this one director named jamal holland um he was a director out of usc and i i worked with him on he did a spanish flight documentary kind of like what you were talking about uh with kid frost there's a spanish flight documentary out there. you guys gotta check that out oh i've seen that yeah i've seen that it's, it's only streaming huh yes yeah yes. i've seen that yeah. now, the, the director of that is the director of my movie um we met there and i reached out to him he crossed my path on instagram i reached out said he have a script would you like to read it he read it and said man this thing is very producible i think we should do it man he wasn't lying <laughs> and we ended up doing it it's been a year we started filming it january 9th what's today the 10th 11th it, uh, yeah 11th yes Okay, so like like a year and two days, almost the anniversary was the first day we filmed. We filmed January 9th. Matter of fact, it's January 11th. We were filming right now one year ago. Wow. We were filming one year ago. So we ended up doing everything, filmed it, scored it, got you know the color correction right, and just got into our first festival. So it's a process. That's I know cool. everyone wants to see it, but um, maybe yeah. I'll figure out how people can see it. But um right now we're going to do a festival run and try to get some investors and try to make the movie happen now me personally i was telling you the positive energy i truly know for a fact in my heart that this is going to be a movie and everyone is going to see it yeah now see i can't think of a movie that has the same elements as this one you know what me neither dog me neither um you know, I really don't. Not with this. You know what? I get a lot of feedback from the people that have seen it. You know, for the people that we do have to show to get some ideas to make it better. You know, they all said, you know, seeing a character like me who looks so rough and hardcore mm. breaking down the way he does in this film shows you how real that this anxiety is, what a real epidemic it is. Because you don't see guys who look like me really bowing down to that shit you know mm. usually we're like oh fuck that but it really shows you a real hardcore dude breaking down and it, it really opens up your mind like man this is very serious very serious mm. so that's what we have we have a lot of momentum already going for this film which is great that part that you're with uh Mel g that shit took me back when that when that that shit was happening in front of my home <laughs> yeah yeah there's some cool twists to that man it turns out yeah the character that noel plays him and i had some beef back in the day um when we were kids and when i had my first panic attack in the movie it turns out he was the one that helped me oh shit. so it has a <laughs> yeah it has a cool twist to it to where it's like shit really of all the people that had to come up it was you yeah huh yeah it's a good it's a good film man 
It's a new film. That's Very dope, proud of man. it. Now, is there a new uh, another festival that you will be um, premiering it in? Coming soon? Um, there are. There are. We're into the first one, which is the end of February. It's our first festival. Um, we're trying to get into Tribeca. We're going to try to do cans. We're going to try to do everyone we possibly can. Try to win some awards. Um, get some nominations and, and just try to build it and grow from there. But I'm I'm very happy and I feel very strongly that this is gonna be a life changing experience. It already has been, you know, mm -hmm. like there's been triple like for instance, um we were doing a scene, uh there's a suicide scene in there. Um and it was like I was just done. I was just done. I just didn't I was I was living but I wasn't existing. So after we did the bathroom the bathtub scene, you know, it's a suicide scene, um, they were like cut and I was crying in the scene, they're like, Cut, cut. So I cut I stood up and I remember I looked at everyone in the bathroom that was staring at me. There was like four or five people in there. I remember they looked at me and it was so emotional. I just started crying, dog. I just started breaking down crying. Like, man, like, all the emotions of it hit me. And we weren't even filming anymore. They just looked at me and I just started crying. I was like, I just, I'm, I'm going outside in a moment. It was a, it was a really strong moment after, after we were filming and I went outside just to get some air and I was like, man, that shit was real. That mm. shit took me back, man. It was an emotional. It was an emotional memory. And even after we filmed that movie, um, I would just drive out of nowhere. I'd drop my kids off to school. And on the way back, I would just start crying. I was like, fuck's wrong with you? Fuck's mm. wrong with you? It was just too much on me. It was a lot. Though we filmed for like four days straight. It was a lot. I went through a lot in those four days. Like, And it was it was, it was was lingering on me. It was lingering. I'm like, man, you actually went through that. You know, when I watch the film now, it, it, it makes me, it's like a bittersweet. You know, I'm proud of myself and it makes me feel bad at the same time because it's a character who really has a lot of struggles. But really, I'm not really playing a character. It's, it's really me. Like, that was really my life. So it's like, fuck, mm. wow. Yeah, it's, it's it's a weird feeling. It's yeah. a really weird feeling. And I was actually wondering yeah, that if uh, if it affected you in the emotional way going through going through the filming and all that of the you know of this movie, and um, it's just man, I'm like fucking like for real, like so proud of you that you were able to overcome it. Not only that, but showcase it in a way that to bring awareness that this is a fucking this is a bitch of a men mental you know issue, and it's just so hard to let go of. You know what I mean? And it's um, I'm fucking proud of you, bro, for real. I appreciate you, homie. Thank you. If it can help anybody, then that's, that's all I want to do is help people. Like I said, I reached out to some dude in a comment yesterday. Now, him and I are friends. And I, and I told him, if you're in need, me, just reach out. I mean, mm. if anyone out there is listening to this, you know, get in my inbox. I'll respond. I'll tell you how you're doing. You're okay. I'll talk to you. I'm like that. Yeah. And you heard it here. You know that the homie is willing to help out. You know what I mean? Quit the yes guy, man. Humble as motherfucker around, man. Acting, you have it, and you want to know how to get started. You know, whatever you need, I like to help. That, Some people up, say man. I help too much, but hey, that's <laughs> just me. You know, it's just me. I feel that you help someone, that same person might help you with something else down the line. You know what I mean? So it's uh, you know what I mean? We all able to help each other. Each one teach one. I think everybody needs help. You know, no one, no one got as far as they did alone. Mm. Nobody, Robert De Niro, nobody. Everyone has had help. There's no shame in asking for help. You know, mm. there's definitely no shame in that. That's fucking dope, man. Hey, man, yeah. I appreciate this time you're giving me, man. You know, because I know time is fucking precious as fuck. You know, and it's um, I'm just so proud of you. Like I said, man, and I know you're gonna make some some fucking 
awesome motherfucking content to come in the future. And um, I know this is just the beginning for you. Even though you've had the success that you had, this is just the beginning for you, homie. I know you're gonna create more, more dope content, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate you too, dog. You're invited to anything I do ever. Orale, man. Thank you, man. And you uh, are right, have a great new year, man. You know, I hope this new year, you know, goes better than last year. You know what I mean? And all the, you know, yeah. to you and yours, man. That's the plan. That's the plan. Every year has been better than the last, so. Exactly, man. Keep that rolling. That's what's up, man. Hey, gracias, man. Gracias, fuerte. You too. I appreciate it. You that. too, brother. Another man. All right. Have a good weekend.